Hello, this is Tom McSweeney and you're very welcome to Maritime Ireland. The Maritime Ireland radio show is about Ireland's maritime culture, history, tradition and development, which are so important to this island nation where the connection with the sea is as old as time itself, a fundamental part of Ireland socially and economically. So, Maritime Ireland is an audio journal of and about the marine sphere. Our email address is maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com and our phone and text number 0872-555-197. These are exceptionally difficult, challenging times, destructive indeed. And this is an angry man from an angry industry, fishing, angry over the Brexit agreement between the UK and the EU. Taoiseach Michal Martin and the government admit that the industry has been badly hit. The agreement didn't achieve what Ireland wanted in fishing. The industry alleges it has been dishonoured and the promises made were shredded, demonstrating, they say, duplicity towards Irish fishermen. The last time this was done was the plantation of Ireland. The land was taken from our people and given to somebody else. Strong stuff and you'll be hearing more. We also need some hope in these terrible times, which can also come from fish. As I've often said, and probably will again, there is always something to learn from the sea. This time from salmon. The lordly fish, born in a river from which they swim the oceans, returning with their inner knowledge and certain navigation to breathe again in that river and continue their life cycle. There have been many upsets in human history, from world wars to stock market crashes, global pandemics, and they all go unnoticed by these silvery travellers. It's incredible, isn't it? Contrasting views, and we'll hear even more about fish in this edition of Maritime Ireland, including about a species found in an Irish lake which dates back to the last ice age. The place to start this edition is most definitely in the fishing industry, where there is the highest level of anger that I've experienced in very many years of reporting about it, all stemming from the outcome of the Brexit negotiations, completed on Christmas Eve, and which it is alleged will do immense damage to our coastal fishing communities, unless, that is, the government makes the EU change its current quota allocations to benefit Ireland, which has lost most of its largest fishery, mackerel, and a considerable swathe of another vital fishery for us, prawns. How likely is that? For the view from inside the industry, I'm joined from the fishing port of Castletown Bear in West Cork by the chief executive of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation, Patrick Murphy. The impression coming across to me is that the whole thing is still unfolding, but that A, the Irish have got a bad deal, B, the government seems to have not delivered on what it promised, and thirdly, the French seem to have done much better. 
Yes, Tom, all of the above are true, but I don't think the Irish people know how bad it is for us. Look, I live in a rural community, and I see by year businesses closing all around me. I see schools closing, Tom. And this is another death nail into rural Ireland. And this is not just about fishermen. This is not about our government doing a deal that's good for the country. This is a bad deal, and a bad deal not just for this year, but for generations. Unless this is going to be overturned by a, a different government or this, this, this government, we're doomed to repeat history, which is annihilation of our fishing industry. It's gone. They're, they're wiping it out. Even the biggest boats, the ones that were the most secure of all the boats in this country, the RSW fleet, they're under pressure now. Can you imagine? The UK is going to gain 74% of the European mackerel. And the reason why they're getting that is because of zonal attachment. Where this fish that they're getting 74% of reduces our share to 13%. And the fish spawn in our waters, 90% of the fish that's created in the mackerel fishery come from Ireland's zone. How can anybody turn around to an Irish fisherman, sorry lads, for the greater good, you have to leave the industry. In what mindset is that okay for any Irish person to see one of their own being put out of business? It'll be like a farmer being told there's French, Dutch, Belgian, English coming into their farm and taking over sections of the farm in such a manner that puts them out of business. The last time this was done was the plantation of Ireland. The land was taken from our people and given to somebody else. So what do you think happened, Patrick, that... The Taoiseach admitted that things were bad. But what happened? Why the turnaround? Because there was such confidence that there was going to be a backing for the industry. Did Macron, the French Premier, intervene with Barnier as being suggested and get a better deal for the French? Of course they did. Sure, they're still fishing inside the 12 miles. The French have so much fish, Thomas, they lost 20%. They'd still be well above where we are. Like, if you look at the stock books and the fish that we have in our own waters, we have a tiny, tiny share. The UK, as I said, using the same parameters to get fish zonal attachment. It's very simple. If you fish in your waters, if your fish spawn in your waters, zonal attachment means you get a, a greater share of that fish than any visiting fleet. It's, it's that simple. But that doesn't apply to Ireland. It's the opposite. We have to pay for that. The Celtic Sea is shared by the UK and Ireland. It's not just fish in the UK. They can come across the, 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 the so-called border between the Irish Sea. Like herring, for instance. Irish Sea herring. Under this deal, the UK get 99%, and the only other country that fishes has an entitlement to it is Ireland. We get 1%. Where is zonal attachment? Where is the EU? Where are our politicians in this? To, to flippantly say, ah, it's a bad deal, ah, but sure, it could have been worse. Worse how? To flippantly say this is okay. It's, it's absolutely a joke. People died in this country for our sovereignty and our freedom. And it's, it's been thrown away. Who decided to give away our natural resources in such a flippant manner? As if it's, you know, no problem, lads. It's only a few million. This is jobs, livelihoods, people's lives these guys are playing with. These people risk their lives to go to sea as it is, Tom. And to be reading that it's only 35 million, that's only the first point of sale. That increases to 87 million when you include the after sales and selling it on. 87 million taken out of our coastal communities every year. That's, and that 87 is spent in our local communities. 
that money then regenerates itself every time it's spent. But sure, if it's not there, we're talking about coming out of COVID-19, the worst pandemic the world has seen. And we're giving away our natural resources with no fight. When we have clearly a pathway where we can go back to the European Union and say, hold on a second, we want zonal attachment to be the new way of deciding who gets the fish. Just to give an example, Tom. So the fish are born and bred in Irish waters. They swim into English waters where they gain their most fat. But they come back to Irish waters. We can catch them. They might be worth as much, but we can still catch them. And we're reduced to 13%, whereas the UK are given 74%. Then we have visiting fleets that the mackerel don't spawn in their grounds. They don't visit their ground. They can't catch them in their own grounds. And they've nearly the same share as us. Who makes sense of that? And our fishermen are told, ah, lads, you'll just have to sacrifice yourselves for the greater good. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. How can any politician look a fisherman in the eye and say, we did a good job for you? A good job? You just put them out of business. One of my members told me he spent two and a half million doing up his boat for his future and his family's future. And he's going to have to... Uh, diversify now from the mackerel that he has a small entitlement from because what's been taken away from him is six months of his repayments. No other industry can sustain that every year. Every year now that he's going to have to suffer that indignity while he watches other boats fill up, get bigger and bigger and better and better fishing around them. Beggar's belief. That's one view from inside the fishing industry. Another is from the chief executive of the Kiddiebeggs Fishermen's Organisation, Sean O'Donoghue, who says a grievous wrong has been done to Ireland and our government must stand up to the EU and achieve compensation in the form of transfer of quota from other EU coastal states to Ireland. Now... How likely is the government to achieve that when its response has been to suggest Irish fishermen should decommission their boats? A description which really means get out of the industry, make fishermen redundant, a people lost to the coastal communities while European nations continue to exploit an Irish natural resource. You may not have heard a lot about another fish species whose name may be unusual to you, but which has a particular uniqueness to Ireland. It's the Arctic char, native to alpine lakes and Arctic and subarctic coastal waters, which dates its heritage back to the last ice age. That's about 10,000 years ago, and about a thousand years before the first inhabitants of our island nation arrived on the Irish shoreline. So, what is the species doing in an Irish lake? Loch Bonnevila in the Neffenbeg Mountains in County Mayo. Our reporter Justin Marr has been finding out from Dr Sean Kelly, postdoctoral research fellow at the Centre for Environmental and Freshwater Science in Dundalk Institute of Technology. Working with the Marine Institute, it has concluded that climate change is a major risk to the rare population of Arctic char. Yes, Tom, it can be surprising to find out that they can survive this far away from the cold and extreme conditions of the polar region. But there are a few select areas of Ireland that play host to this increasingly rare inhabitant of Irish lakes. As Dr Power explained. It is quite unusual to have a native fish here in Ireland with the word Arctic in its name. 
Um, but they're able to survive because the lakes that they're currently found in usually are quite deep. In deeper lakes, there's areas that are much colder than you would expect based on the air climate that we experience. Uh, very often, these lakes are in mountainous regions as well, so the temperatures are colder. Um, but there's not too many lakes left that have Arctic char populations. A cluster of lakes up in uh, northwest Ireland, kind of in the Donegal and North Sligo area. A cluster of lakes on the west coast of Ireland, so along the Mayo, Galway, uh, Connemara type area. And then down in the southwest in Kerry, so up in the Killarney Lakes. And really, any populations that have been recorded in the Midlands or, or closer to the east coast are believed to be um, extinct at this point. So it's a very small number of lakes remaining. And even within those lakes, the number of individual char is dwindling. It's, it's quite small. Winter is the most important time of year for Arctic char, a close relative of salmon and lake trout. Average winter temperatures in Ireland tend to be around 4 to 6 degrees Celsius, much warmer than the Arctic average, which is in the minus 30s. Arctic char in Ireland have always been in a precarious position, but the rising winter temperatures as a result of global warming could mean catastrophe. The real concern for a fish like Arctic char and other salmon species is that they require very cold conditions during winter spawning. So these fish spawn in winter, char spawn in the lake habitat itself. So they usually spawn in near shore littoral areas in gravelly and stony substrates. Um, but the spawning adult requires cold temperature because it's a very stressful time. But in particular, the eggs during their development require cold temperatures in order to have good development and end up with reasonably conditioned fry that emerge at the end of the developmental period. What we know in that, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, in Ireland and Britain and, and Central Europe, one of the biggest impacts that climate change is having is that winter temperatures are rising at an accelerated rate relative, for example, to uh, summer temperatures. So what we found in this study was that in, in several lakes throughout Europe, including uh, lakes in Ireland, the temperatures have increased over the past four decades in the, at the depth at which char spawn and during the spawning season. And we also modelled the future temperature regimes in these lakes right out to the end of the coming century, so out until uh, 2100, and looked at various different scenarios that are representative of what future climate conditions might be like based on fossil fuel use by society and, and greenhouse gas emissions. And I guess worryingly, the main finding from the study was that um, under a more of a severe emission scenario, a severe warming scenario, these lakes in winter during the spawning phase could warm by three to four degrees on top of the warming that has already taken place. If this is the case, it would almost certainly have catastrophic effects on, on these remaining char populations because they're already right at the threshold of temperature over which they can survive and reproduce. However, there may be hope for Arctic char in Ireland if the long-term temperature goal of the Paris Agreement is met. If policy to mitigate continued increase of greenhouse gases is effectively implemented in accordance with the Paris Agreement, that would limit surface temperature warming to below two degrees. And we looked at kind of that best case scenario in alignment with the Paris Agreement. And what we found was quite moderate warming would occur in these Arctic char lakes to the point where we would expect these populations to be less affected and likely to be able to sustain themselves. So I think that's a really good point to make that if society can limit the amount of surface temperature warming, to within 2 degrees or even closer to 1.5 degrees Celsius, 
uh, it would certainly be beneficial to cold water fish species such as char and also other fish species like salmon and trout who also require cold temperatures, especially during that winter spawning period. The Arctic char is almost like a canary in a coal mine type species because we know that it is one of these species that is very vulnerable to changes in the environment, vulnerable to changes in climate, uh, vulnerable to stressors such as eutrophication and pollution. But it is a species that has been in Ireland for, you know, 13,000, close to 15,000 years. And really, in the last number of decades, its numbers have dramatically declined. It's a clear example of an important species for fish biodiversity in Ireland that is in decline, at risk of extinction. So the effect that we're having on our environment is directly impacting upon this species. Dr. Sean Kelly postdoctoral research fellow at the Centre for Environmental and Freshwater Science in Dundalk Institute of Technology on the increasingly precarious life of Arctic char in Ireland. Let's travel now to Inishlar Island in Clue Bay County, Mayo, where Rhoda Twombly lives and enjoys island life. Rhoda is Secretary of Kogal Ilona Hare in the Islands Federation. So what's the island's outlook as we head into 2021, Rhoda? Hello, Tom. A hopeful and happy new year to you and to all our islanders and friends on the mainland. I don't think anyone will be sad to see the back of 2020. The heartbreak and stress of dealing with the COVID pandemic is still with us, more so now than ever. While we take hope and courage from the vaccines being rolled out across Ireland, it will be months before we will all be protected. While the islands look forward to welcoming visitors, Tourism must be reopened carefully and cautiously when there is confidence that our most vulnerable are protected. But thinking positively, Kogalilanern plans to concentrate on opportunities for population growth and diversification of employment. As the transmission of the virus increased, there was mass movement of people from urban to rural areas. People are realizing there can be a better quality of life away from the cities, and it's hoped that some will consider Ireland's islands as a viable alternative. For this to succeed, a lot more planning and work is required. Number one on Kogal's list is facing the challenge of increasing the housing stock on islands. Existing available housing will not support the influx of permanent residents. Also high on the list is high-speed broadband. Most islands currently have workable internet connections, but in many places it's unstable and too slow to support IT-based businesses. While there is much to be done, there are plenty of examples of positive outcomes for community development projects up and down the coast. Bear Island Projects Group was successful in their application for funding for their island learning center. Bear has used the grant to invest in laptops, a broadband projector, whiteboard, desks, and a camera sound system for remote teaching. 2021 will see huge expansion of their classes and programs for a wide range of ages and interests. This is in addition to their hugely successful community radio broadcasts and several projects run in their national school, plus plans for further development in the EU's clean energy program. Inishman Development Company has started on expanding their community center, supported by a significant grant. This will allow for a wide range of teaching, training, and leisure activities, as well as a new office for the development company. Shirken Island is also in line to revamp their community center. 
Ilan Clira and the Aran Islands have been involved in the EU-Clean Energy of European Islands project, while Inishbofen is now included in a submission to Nessoy, which is a, a European energy consortium, for funding of feasibility studies on a wave energy plant. These are only a few examples of the islands working to move forward of community spirit and entrepreneurial dreams becoming reality. Kogol extends their deepest sympathy to those who have lost family and friends over the past year. One of the cruelest outcomes of the virus is the prohibition of traditional grieving processes. This will scar the country for years to come. But the islands will face and conquer the challenges of 2021. But for now, it's slawn from the islands. Goremila Mahagot Roda, a kind to Arcelon in Ishlair, in beautiful Clue Bay, County Mayo. Now I'm joined by Miles Kelly from Fisheries Ireland, the state agency responsible for our inland fisheries and sea angling resources. What's happening on the angling scene, Miles? Hi, Tom. It's great to be back on the show again. Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners. So that was a Christmas like no other. And we're not out of the woods yet. Obviously, the lockdowns, restrictions, closure of non-essential shops and services, they all have a big impact on angling. Charter boats, tackle shops, gillies and guides, stock fisheries and all the rest, they're all in some sort of suspended animation now until the situation improves. But you know what? Around this time of year for millennia, salmon that have crowded into the spawning streams over the last 12 months will be finishing the final cycle of their incredible journeys just as the first runs of salmon that will spawn in December 2021 enter the rivers. There have been many upsets in human history from world wars to stock market crashes, global pandemics, and they all go unnoticed by these silvery travellers. It's incredible, isn't it? Well, it's going to be a very quiet start to the 2021 salmon season. Few of the anglers who make their pilgrimage to rivers like the Drows on January 1st will be able to make the journey. With the way the seasons run, there's not many rivers open in January, but over the year, there'll be 83 rivers around the country, where anglers will be able to cast line for salmon. That's a couple more than last year, which is some bit of good news. Anyway, Tom, on to other fishing news, because there's more to angling in Ireland than salmon. Pike anglers had some great fishing back before Christmas, when travel around the country was possible. The fish were not very active, to be fair, but there were some big ones biting, and we had some lovely reports of fish in the £20 bracket from the Midlands. Sea anglers were also out and about. Up in Donegal, the Killybeg Mariners, have had fine turbot and more from the shore. They're a very active club and always welcome new members. Galway Bay Sea Angling Club are also looking to recruit new members. 2021 could be the year to start something new. So that's all from me this time, Tom. Safe fishing to all. Stay tuned to fishingland.info for your angling news. And don't forget, CPR saves fish. Thanks, Miles. And a note to end with... The pandemic has forced another change of date for the Irish Skipper Annual Expo, which has now to be put back to the 4th and 5th of June at the UL Sport Arena in Limerick. With that news, we end this edition of the Maritime Ireland Radio Show, broadcast on community radio stations around Ireland. Dublin on Lear FM, Dublin City FM, Liffey Sound and Dublin South.
Korkan CRY 104FM Yol from where the program originates on the east coast of County Cork and also in Cork on UCC Radio Cork, Bear Island Radio and West Cork FM. In Galway on Connemara Community Radio and Canvara FM. On Dundalk FM, Athlone Community Radio, Kilkenny City Radio and in Mayo on Community Radio Castle Bar and Eris FM Belmollet. On Radio Cork of Boschkeen in Clare and West Limerick 102 FM and with podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Spotify and the marinetimes.ie. The programme website address is tomacsweenymarine.ie or look up Maritime Ireland Radio Show or email address maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com That's maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com And our phone and text number 0872-555-197 That's 0872-555-197 Until our next programme, the usual wish of fair sailing.